Like, so what's going on? Did I miss anything? Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. And uh, you can, of course, call in at 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. And, of course, the email is Pete at the Pete com. So how about that North Carolina Supreme Court decision on Friday? That was nice of them to dump it on a Friday afternoon so we could like stew over it all weekend long. I do find it interesting that after 140 years of ruling North Carolina as they did with violence, literal murder in some cases, um, spoils system, patronage, intimidation, and gerrymandering, But after 140 years, it took a Republican legislature for Democrats to realize that uh, the gerrymandering has been unconstitutional all that time. They had no idea. They'd see they just they just didn't know. That's what happened there. That's why now they've got a problem with it. This is (laughs) it's almost as if they the Supreme Court decision turned around so fast that basically everybody already assumes uh, or everybody assumes that uh, they already knew what they were going to rule beforehand. I mean, the writing was on the wall. And I, I, I don't make predictions on trials. I don't make predictions on elections um, because there's no, there's no value to it, but it is as I like my default position on now the, the state Supreme court is really one of like, okay, well, there are four Democrats and three Republicans. And so that's just my default belief is that they're going, they're going to rule in a manner that is in line with their, uh, with their partisan label. And no, having a D or an R on the ballot doesn't make them partisan. This is such a stupid argument. So stupid. Um, the, and I'm going to get into this because the Democratic leaders of the House and the Senate, the two minority leaders, uh, Dan Blue, state senator, and uh, state representative Robert Reeves, they just did a news conference, and I was watching it, and uh, and I pulled audio, so I've, I did get some audio clips out of it. But they went like almost 40 minutes, and so I, I, I didn't get the tail end of it uh, cut up. But I do have some audio. And Reeves, and they're both lawyers, so they you know talk about how they're officers of the court. Um, and, uh, Reeves then starts talking about, you know, the, the courts and, uh, how, you know, it's all because we put the D's and the R's onto the ballots. I actually have the history here. The argument doesn't hold water, much like a lot of the arguments around this stuff, but we're going to get to it all. But I want to start with a, uh, a state statute that, uh, I'm trying to, I forget where this, uh, where I just uh, saw it, who I saw it. I think Michael Bitzer, who is the professor from Catawba College, I think I think I saw him commenting on it. And yeah, okay, so it comes from this guy, Rusty Jacobs for, at WUNC. And he cites this statute, 120-2.4. And by the way, I guess I should set the table here for folks who aren't up to speed. The redistricting lawsuit that the four Democrats voted uh, 
that there that this was a partisan gerrymander and that is prohibited in the state constitution. Even though the state constitution doesn't say that, they have divined it. And in fact, Robert Reeves, the House uh, Minority Leader, Representative Reeves, actually says the living document. He doesn't say breathing, but he says a living document that should be interpreted for the time. So he's acknowledging the very thing that conservatives and uh, Republicans and you know textualists and people in the court system in law that reject legislating from the bench, this judicial activism. It's divining new meaning behind old words in order to advance a current agenda. And Reeves actually acknowledges this. I've got the clip. We'll hear it. But I want to start with this uh, with this statute. Keep this in mind. Okay. Now, the ruling came down on uh, Friday, late in the afternoon. The General Assembly has not been called back to start working on this, but the clock is running. And this statute might become pretty important. It says, if the General Assembly enacts a plan apportioning or redistricting state legislative or congressional districts, in no event may a court impose its own substitute plan unless the court first gives the General Assembly a period of time to remedy any defects identified by the court in its findings of fact and conclusions of law. Okay, so that's the first thing. The General Assembly, by law, gets first crack at this, and the court has to provide uh, findings of fact and conclusions of law. Then there's Section A1. And it's the last sentence I'll read. In the event the General Assembly does not act to remedy any identified defects to its plan within the period of time, the court may impose an interim districting plan for use in the next general election only. But that interim districting plan may differ from the districting plan enacted by the General Assembly only to the extent necessary to remedy any defects identified by the court. What does that mean? means that the court has to identify the defects, and then if the court is going to impose its own maps, it has to only limit itself to remedying the defects identified. So far, the uh, North Carolina Supreme Court has not done that. They have not done that. The Supreme Court issued an order and didn't issue an opinion they didn't actually go through and explain their order. They just sent out an order that said, you know, General Assembly, you need to work on some new maps. Oh, and plaintiffs, you should get some maps ready, too. But they set no guidelines. They told the plaintiffs nothing about, uh, like, doing it in open or anything like that, like data transparency. Nothing like that. I've got the order. We're going to go through the order. I've got the sound bites. Oh, yeah. It's a redistricting Monday. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Pete Callender here. So I just want to be very clear right up front here and say um, that my beef, much like it is with a lot of the uh, the judicial activism that we see predominantly from the left in the courts, um, my beef is the process. If you want to change law, then you do it in the legislative body. And 
the legislative body is designed to work slowly. That's the point. Rather than subjecting the uh, the populace to the constant swings back and forth and back and forth all the time, the purpose is to pump the brakes on uh, on policy, on law, right, and and cultural shifts. It's to allow for gradualism, and I know that this flies in the face of progressivism. That's part of the big problem we're having in our society right now is that progressives are all about revolution, right? Like they're all about like revolutionary changes. This is, you know, like never before seen. They always tout, uh, you know, the, the precedential nature of a thing. Oh, this is the first whatever. And, you know, we're, we're changing everything, you know, for the future. And like the future depends on us doing this right now. Transformation, right? All of those, uh, all of those perspectives, they're all tied to this idea that we have uh, no time to waste. We have to move now. It's got to be done now. The, the, the fierce urgency of now. Everything is the fierce urgency of now. That's part of the problem is that, and, and look, you can also, there's an argument to be made here that you've got the right wing and the left wing, and the American eagle needs both to fly straight. But seriously, like you do need the balance because when left to their own devices, right, you can spin out of control if you've got one party rule, much like North Carolina had for over a century. So uh, I, I am simply arguing that if you want to set up new rules for redistricting, then you do it in the legislature. Now, they would respond to this by saying, but Pete, we can't get a majority in the legislature to go along with our rules that we want to enact. And I would say, first off, good, because a lot of your rules are crap. But um, no, it's not supposed to be easy. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be difficult. It is designed to be difficult. And much like when Democrats were in charge and Republicans beat them in the maps that the Democrats had drawn themselves, it can be done. It happens like all over the country. So it can be done. It was just done by Republicans. Um, but also, maybe you should work on some ideas that garner bipartisan support first. How about that? Maybe there's a path where you're not going to get everything that you want, but you can get some Republicans on board to make it happen. Is that possible? Why not devote your energies to that? So... This is the, it's the same, by the way, this is the same argument that I made on gay marriage, too. As a lowercase l libertarian, I did not think government should be getting involved in, you know, stamping approvals on people's marriage licenses. I, I, I didn't think that was a proper role for government. It's a church sacrament. That's where it belongs. That's where you go to get married. Like, the government should not be giving its approval to marriages. That was my argument. I urged a lot of conservatives to join me in it. They refused. And then the left got the Obergefell ruling, which, you know, I, I, I can appreciate the outcome, but hate the way you got there. And, that, I mean, the love wins. Like, that's your argument. That's not law, right? This is, this is my beef. And the people who are making the, uh, the loudest argument for, quote, fairness are the very same people that engaged in the very unfairness that they are now decrying. 
They you look everywhere else around America where Democrats are running. I've got the story from New York State where uh, it I mean, what they're doing up in New York is exactly what they accuse Republicans of doing. So, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe Democrats that this is some sort of principled stand. This is about power. It's about trying to take back control. That's what this is about. Um, so let me get to the uh, the ruling here. Or sorry, yeah, well, the order. Because this isn't even an opinion. This is just the order of the court. And I believe the dissent from the chief justice is actually longer than the order from the four Democrat majority. This was written, I believe, by uh, Supreme Court Justice Robin Hudson, Democrat. She is not running for re-election. Uh, Sam Irvin is. He's up for re-election. Um, I cannot stress enough the importance of wrestling control of the uh of the supreme court away from that four democrat block all right so they say because time is pressing the court enters the following order to be followed by an opinion it is the state judiciary that has the responsibility to protect the state constitutional rights of the citizens this obligation to protect the fundamental rights of individuals is as old as the state The North Carolina General Assembly, in turn, has the duty to reapportion North Carolina's congressional and state legislative districts. However, exercise of this power is subject to limitations imposed by other constitutional provisions, including the Declaration of Rights. The civil rights guaranteed by the Declaration of Rights in Article 1 of our Constitution, including the Free Elections Clause, the Equal Protection Clause, the Free Speech Clause, and the Freedom of Assembly Clause, are individual and personal rights entitled to protection against state action. It is the duty of this court to ensure that the violation of these rights is never permitted by anyone who might be invested under the Constitution with the powers of the state, including the legislative power of apportionment. So that's them outlining their case that says we get to make this ruling because we're the ones in charge of protecting people's rights. Yes, the the, uh, General Assembly uh, is in charge of redistricting, but we're in charge of protecting everyone's rights. So when the redistricting violates their rights, we can now say it. Oh, well, what rights were violated? Well... Essentially, they get a certain number of votes in the legislature because apparently political parties are now a protected class status. And news, yeah, News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. What, what is, I, I gotta ask, what is that song? What was that? That sounded like, uh, that sounded like hold music. What is that? Who is that? What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing to me? That did sound like it was from 1975. That was awful. Who is that? The 1970, that's a band? Yeah. Never heard of them. <laughs> the 1975. Yes. Oh, were they born in 1975 or something? What does that mean, the 1975? Do you know? Are you a 1975 fan? That's an awful song. How could you be a fan of that? Is that and you like that song particularly? Really? Good Lord. Okay. The 1975. Never heard of it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll Google them during the break. Um, I just... 
And it sounded like, uh, well, I mean, it sounded like one of those, uh, like, campy space movies. You know, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, I picture people with, like, fake plastic space outfits and, like, fake little plastic-looking laser gun, but not laser guns, like, the kind that would be, like, like, there's some image that they come in and paste over to make it look like a laser after the fact. But you could totally tell it's not there. Anyway, I have an overactive imagination, I guess. Anyway, so the uh, order... Oh, hang on. I got an email from uh, Lee who says, Pete, this Supreme, the state Supreme Court redistricting decision burns me up. Heard it on Saturday that the state Supreme Court voided the new maps. Went back and re-listened to your Thursday show and stewed all day long. What happens now? How do we shut these miscreants down and deny them this usurpation of legislative power? So there are a couple things. And I just saw, I was trying to pull up, uh, there was a tweet that I, yeah, here it is, from Michael Hyland uh, from WNCN-TV. He said... On the question of whether the General Assembly will submit new maps to the court at all, State Senator Ralph Heise told me that it's their intent to comply with the order and, quote, it's likely that we would submit something. Okay, so the Republican Senate leader guy, uh, in, well, not Senate leader, but the one in charge of the uh, the redistricting process, Ralph Heise, he indicates they're going to submit something. Okay, don't know what. We'll see. Um, Because the General Assembly, there is, as I went over at the beginning of the show, there is one course that we could see taken, which is that the General Assembly doesn't do anything. They just wait for the court to say, where are your maps? And they're like, well, you didn't give us specific defects to correct. So, And you didn't give us any guidance on what the criteria will be. So we're just going to let you do what you probably have been wanting to do anyway, because there is a sentiment that the Supreme Court is setting up the General Assembly to fail on this. So knowing that they won't be able to comply because they didn't give them any criteria. So you give them just this vague worded, uh, vaguely worded order, and then they can't comply. And then the court comes in and just takes whatever maps the plaintiffs have worked up, and they implement those. And... Um, then I suspect we would see another lawsuit or something because of the state statute that specifically says that the court, if it's going to implement maps, it has to do so to remedy defects identified by the court. And if the court doesn't identify the defects and then only enact the maps that address those defects, then the court's in violation of the state law. Now, maybe the court says that's unconstitutional, too. I I don't know. It's a mess. The whole thing's a mess. So if the GOP doesn't draw the lines, doesn't draw new maps, then the court puts in place some, and then what do those maps look like? Don't know. So Ralph High is saying that uh, it's likely that they will submit something. I mean, he's he's still got some uh, uh, he's still got some uh, wiggle room there in case he's you know looking for an escape hatch. He can still say, well, we thought it was likely, but it didn't happen. I guess he could say that. So the the four to three ruling on Friday afternoon 
said based on the trial court, so the lower court's findings of fact, we conclude that the congressional and legislative maps are unconstitutional beyond a reasonable doubt under the free elections clause, the equal protection clause, the free speech clause, and the freedom of assembly clause of the uh, North Carolina state constitution. And the argument as adopted by the four Democratic lawyers in the robes on the Supreme Court, was the argument advanced by the Democrat plaintiffs that had sued. To comply with the limitations contained in the state constitution, which are applicable to all redistricting plans, the General Assembly must not diminish or dilute any individual's vote on the basis of partisan affiliation. See, so this is a carve-out that they have found for partisan affiliation. Like I said, they'd done this for 140 years, but it took getting a Republican legislature drawing the maps for them to realize that it's been unconstitutional this whole time. They had no idea. Thank God that we had a Republican legislature to finally show the left how unlawful their behavior was over a, a century and a half. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Just talking with Ryan during the break there. My bad. I completely forgot. For people who were following my intrepid tale of the COVID test, uh, I left everybody hanging to find it because I did not know if I was going to be able to get into the uh, the drive through line because Christie's car didn't start. So it's kind of an anticlimactic finish here but um i went down i put the key in the car just to test it and it didn't crank and so then i turned the key off and then i i twisted it again and then it started and so i just drove over and went through the drive through line so that was sorry that was that was it that was the the big conclusion <laughs> anyway uh so to comply with limitations this is the court order from the four Democrats on the state Supreme Court. Um, To comply with the limitations contained in our Constitution that are applicable to the redistricting plans, the legislature must not diminish or dilute any individual's vote on the basis of partisan affiliation. This is a brand new protection, okay? Just to be clear, there is nothing in the state Constitution that says that, okay? This is what the four judges, the four lawyers with robes, they decided that Yeah, it can mean that, too. That's what they determined. This is the stuff that drives me nuts, because the words mean what they mean, and you're now divining new ideas, new meanings uh, for uh, for these words. This encompasses... Because this is the thing. I have the history of the way this uh, has gone down, and I I, I went and explored it after reading the WRAL story by Brian Anderson and and that absolutely absurd editorial by the uh, McClatchy editors. Um, Like, you can find the history. The North Carolina School of Government has the history posted right there. You can read how the judiciary got established and everything. Um, When a districting plan, this this is the creation of the new standard. When a districting plan systematically makes it harder for one group of voters to elect a governing majority, there's the standard, then another group of voters of equal size, the General Assembly unconstitutionally infringes upon that voter's fundamental right to vote. 
So what they seem to be establishing is a right to proportionality in total representation. Now, they don't define it as such. They don't say the word proportion. They don't set up a test for proportionality. But that is what they are, that is what they are saying there. When a districting plan systematically makes it harder, not impossible, but harder, don't know what that means either. It's nebulous. But now it's harder for one group of voters to elect a governing majority. There's the other standard, a governing majority, which is what? 50% plus one of the seats, right? Then another group of voters of equal size. So there's the little, there's the catch. So this goes to like, for example, in Charlotte and in Mecklenburg. Both of our bodies are, uh, especially uh, at the county level, are controlled by Democrats. Um, where's, where's the guarantee of proportional representation for the Republicans? Oh, no, Pete, you see, it's different because Democrats. It's different when Democrats do it. See, so they create this sort of standard here making it harder for one group of voters to elect a governing majority than another group of voters of equal size, see? So, because the Republicans uh, in uh, Charlotte and Mecklenburg are like 20 to 25%, see, it's not of equal size. See, how are you How are you judging the proportionality metric? What are you comparing it to? Is it, because what they want it to, uh, what they want to compare it to is the, and I went over this last week, is the, the total turnout numbers across all districts in those district races. Is that the best metric? No. You get fewer voters in those districts. That's not an expression of the will of the people. A lot of them didn't vote. So, why not go for top of ticket stuff? Why not go for council, I suggested council of state races. Right. And if you if you win all the council of state races, seems to me like then you should get all of the legislative races. Right. Because the council of state, those are at the top of the ticket. They get more voter participation. It's a better expression of the will of the people. Covers 10 different sectors. Right. You got agriculture and uh, you got the treasurer and the auditor and insurance and uh, superintendent for public instruction. So it seems, you know, like a little bit more inclusive if you're trying to actually gauge the will of the people. They say this encompasses the opportunity to aggregate one's vote with like-minded citizens to elect a governing majority of elected officials who reflect those citizens' views. All right. How about libertarians? Do they get 1% of the votes in North Carolina? Do they get a seat? That would be in the House of Representatives. They should get a seat, and they should get a seat in the Senate. Because they got like 1% of the gubernatorial vote. So shouldn't they get 1% of the seats in the legislature? I mean, they didn't run candidates in all of the districts. Oh, I see. This is just a way to make sure that the Democratic Party gets a say, gets the proportional representation uh, opportunity. But all the other parties don't. Well, how is that fair? How is that fair to the Green Party and the Constitution Party and Libertarian Party, all these other parties? How is that fair that they don't get a seat based on their proportionate turnout? That doesn't seem fair at all. They say uh, the General Assembly violates the North Carolina Constitution when it deprives a voter of his or her right to substantially equal voting power on the basis of partisan affiliation. This is the thing. People are registered to vote and vote against people in their own party. They vote 
They're, they're registered unaffiliated. They will vote for people of either party. Like, this is not an immutable characteristic. Also, uh, you've got a thing in the state, particularly out west, it's still very much a thing, blue dog Democrats. Out in the western part of North Carolina, there are a lot of people that are registered Democrat, and they don't vote Democrat anymore. They haven't in a long time, but they, they're just registered Democrats because that's what you know their parents were and their grandparents were, because that's how you got jobs, quite literally. You could not get a job in local or state government unless you were a Democrat and donated money. It was essentially a money laundering operation. There's a reason why they stayed in power. The Democrat machine was powerful, still is, right? So uh, there are a lot of people who are registered Democrat but don't vote Democrat. And Democrats have centered themselves, clustered themselves inside the urban areas. And so essentially what, like Dallas Woodhouse said, the former chief, uh, executive director of the North Carolina Republican Party, said that the Supreme Court for judges, what they've said is basically we got to gerrymander those Democrat districts to give them more districts. That's what's going to happen. 